2: Joining us this afternoon, this Wednesday, June 3rd, on the Lori and Julia Show here on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. We're streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We also have the handy MyTalk1071 app. Lori is here this afternoon. Stephanie Hansen graciously joining us this afternoon to co host. Julia is out. I'm Holly. And, uh, we're waiting for a conversation to start.
3: It has not started yet. Yeah, uh, uh, President Barack Obama is making his first on-camera remarks about the death of George George Floyd, and it's being streamed on um, uh, online. And some, I think, some of the news stations might be turning to it. But it, it it's a virtual town hall sponsored by my brother's Keeper Alliance, an organization that partners with the um obama foundation and i believe that was started with the death of trayvon martin and he's expected to address uh, george floyd's killing police practices and the racial bias is still ingrained in the justice system and it's supposed to kick off at four o'clock and um you know he addressed george's uh death on social media last friday And then in a Medium essay that I think was published on Monday. Yeah,
1: in the Medium essay, which was really poignant, they have some resources to help young um, people and activists sustain momentum by Mm -hmm. channeling their energies and their actions. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of great resources if you just want to get a little more educated about... What this is, because it is more than George Floyd.
3: Well, yeah, and 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 uh, forty four, if I can just call Obama that. He did tackle issues with police brutality while in office. He rolled out a number of policies intending to curb those things, such as creating a task force with guidelines on twenty first century policing, as well as limiting the transfer of military equipment to police departments. But so much of it has to come from you know, city by city. And of course, uh, the current administration has rolled back some of those reforms. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to say anything about that. But we'll, we'll when he when he speaks on uh, start speaking when it does start streaming. Uh, we'll cut away to it and just see how it starts because there are other people at this town hall. One thing that I'm
1: guilty of mm-hmm. that has struck me is when you talk about wanting to make change or being part of the change. And, you know, I'm I'm I vote and I, I think I do the right things and I think I give to the right causes. But I don't really usually vote in the very local elections. I don't go and I don't vote at those. I vote for the presidential elections oh, and I'll vote for the do, bigger
3: elections. You don't do this.
1: I usually hall, don't
3: or, No. Well, you need to.
1: Well, and that's what I'm learning <laughs> mm-hmm. is, is that that level is really where a lot of the change that's is right. made because those are the elected officials that are responsible for making the laws in your communities, upholding the laws in your communities. I guess I was sort of cavalier about the power of my vote and I would vote, you know, when it was a presidential election, but I didn't vote for the
3: judges. And I, Oh yeah. Casey, Casey and I, we are, he's like, are you educated? Do you know what you're doing? You know, and we'd kind of go over it. I thought I knew what I was doing, but not enough. St. Paul city council has been kind of, there's been some really, like you had to educate yourself and figure out. Yeah, it is important and the school board thing. Yes, and,
1: and there is a lot of power that. Is and, happening and maybe there. only
3: like twenty percent of people vote for that, but you 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 do need more. Yeah, because that is where a lot of that change is affected. So.
2: Anyway. Well, I, the video is up now. He's not speaking just yet, but I right, think it's we'll a
3: spokesperson. Wait.
2: Who is kind of setting the table for what that is? And, you know, to your point about voting for local elections, I mean, it immediately even goes, you know, to the school boards and other yes, things. And yes. think about the textbooks that mm-hmm. are used in schools mm-hmm. and the way all these little small things that add up to everything. Everything. To everything. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah we're going to have somebody on tomorrow. I was actually producer, Holly. and But luckily, with the help of my friend Kelly, 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 she gave a professor at uh, criminal justice at Hamlin. We're going to talk to her. Her tomorrow, on some things that we might be able to do, I was happy to see that that old racist Steve King from Iowa, who's been in Congress for 17 years, out. So, was Stephen Less. King happy to be done with him? Yeah, oh, Stephen King, uh, the, <laughs> he was the the author. Author. I am the only Steve King still standing. Oh, you know what? I watched last night with Casey. We watch it every time it's on Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that oh, is such a great movie! Love, and you know, that is just a short a Stephen King novella, short yeah. story. People kind of forget that. You, Stand the, By Me and Shawshank are short stories by Stephen King. And yet, Cujo was a whole book a whole and book. a terrible movie. Yeah, it was. Your Pet right. cemetery. Yeah. Terrible movie. Yeah, Great you're book. Right, right. Isn't that funny that some of the novellas turn out to be good? Right. Like, that is so good that movie so hopeful by the time you get to the end of it go Andy go and it's just it's a wonderful movie yeah I never get sick of it you know when that movie came out it didn't do that well really because it came out um the same year as some big Hollywood you know I can't remember the blockbuster that it came out it only made like 16 million at the box office and then it went on to become one of the biggest rentals huh Um, yeah just 16 million is all it made at the time but it was up there were like two big sort of thing and they probably didn't know what to do with it sometimes I think that's the case too with just mercy they're going to, you know, oh, it's about a man who's wrongly convicted. You know what I mean? They don't know how to market it. Are you talking about the Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, or well, even yeah. Just Mercy. They tiptoe yeah. around how to market it and what to do with it, even though they are the stories that like. Was people... it the horrible year
1: that we had to vote for Gwyneth Paltrow in Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> no, it was
3: actually the year of
2: force Gump. That's oh, what it was. Yes. Which was
1: also an yeah. incredible movie. Yeah. And Pulp
2: Fiction was out yeah, that year Yes, yeah. that was the other one. So there were lots of other big films. Yeah. You know, yeah. and And to our point about Just Mercy, it really, marketing of these movies is so important that they get the word
3: out. Well, Warner Brothers decided more than likely to go with Joker at the Oscars. Well, I will say I did see Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. They were on late night shows. They were on morning shows. People did want to talk to them. But that was the only marketing was coming from those two. It wasn't they didn't have a big, you know, national. Well, and they send the
1: film to the whole academy and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm glad people are going to be able to see it for free in the month of June because it's an amazing movie. All right, listen, we're we're going to take a break. We're going to check in with what's going on with this Obama town hall and whether or not uh, the live stream. We're waiting for him to come out sure. We'll be right back. The other day. do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder
4: what would happen if. And
5: now, Julia's random thoughts.
4: He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is.
3: All right, everybody, listen, I think uh, oh, President Obama is speaking at his virtual town hall about George Floyd and policing. Can, did he just start, Holly? He started about a minute ago. Okay, let's turn
4: Creating on. A more just nation in, in memory of your sons and daughters. Uh, and we can't forget that even as we're confronting uh, the particular acts of violence that uh, led to those losses. Uh, Our nation and the world is still in the midst of a global pandemic that's exposed the vulnerabilities of our healthcare system, uh, but also the disparate treatment and as a consequence, the disparate impact uh, that exists in our healthcare system, uh, the unequal investment, the biases that have led to a disproportionate number of infections and loss of life in uh, communities of color. So uh, in a lot of ways, what has happened over the last several weeks is uh, challenges and structural problems here in the United States uh, have been thrown into high relief. Uh, They're the outcomes, not just of the immediate moments in time, but uh, they're the result of a long history of slavery and Jim Crow and redlining and institutionalized uh, racism that uh, too often have been uh, the plague, the original sin of our society. Um, and in some ways, as tragic as these past few weeks have been as difficult and scary and uncertain as they've been. uh, They've also been an incredible opportunity for people to be uh, awakened to some of these underlying trends. And they offer an opportunity for us to all work together to tackle them, to take them off, to change uh, America and and make it live up to its highest ideals. And part of what's made me so hopeful is the fact that so many young people have been galvanized and activated and motivated and mobilized. Uh, Because historically, so much of the progress that we've made in our society uh, has been because of young people. Dr. King was a young man when he got involved. Cesar Chavez was a young man. Malcolm X was a young man that the leaders of the feminist movement were, were young people, leaders of union movements were, were young people, the leaders of the environmental movement in this country and the movement to make sure that uh, the LGBT community uh, finally had a voice and uh, was represented, were young people. And so when I want, when when sometimes I feel despair, I just see what's happening with young people all across the country and the talent and the voice and the sophistication that they're displaying. And it makes me feel optimistic. Uh, it makes me feel as if, you know, this country's going to get better. Um, now, I, I want to speak directly to the young men and women of color in this country uh, who, as Plan just so eloquently described, have witnessed too much violence and too much death. And... Too often, some of that violence has come uh, from folks who were supposed to be serving and protecting you. Um, I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that your lives matter, that your dreams matter. And when I go home and I look at the faces of my daughters, Sasha and Malia, and I look at my nephews and nieces, I see limitless potential that deserves to flourish and thrive. And you should be able to learn and make mistakes and live a life of joy without having to worry about what's going to happen when you walk to the store or go for a jog or are driving down the street or looking at some birds in a park. Uh, and, and, and so I hope that you also feel help, hopeful, even as you may feel angry because you have the power to make things better. And you have helped to make the entire country feel uh, as if, this is something that's got to change. You, you've communicated a sense of urgency uh, that is as powerful and as transformative as anything that I've seen uh, in recent years. Um, I want to acknowledge the, the folks in law enforcement that share the goals of reimagining policing because there are folks out there who took the oath to serve your communities and your countries have a tough job. And I know you're just as outraged about the tragedies in recent weeks uh, as are many of the protesters. And so we're grateful for the vast majority of you who protect and serve. I've been heartened to see those in law enforcement who've recognized, let me march along with these protesters. Let, let, let me stand side by side and recognize that I want to be part of the solution. Uh, and who shown restraint and volunteered and engaged and listened because you're a vital part of the conversation and, and change is going to require everybody's participation. Um, now, when I was in office, as was mentioned, uh, I created a task force on 21st century police, uh, policing in the wake of uh, the tragic killing of Michael Brown. That task force, which included law enforcement and community leaders and activists was charged to develop a very specific set of recommendations to strengthen public trust and foster better working relationships between law enforcement and communities that they're supposed to protect. Even as they're continuing to promote
5: effective crime all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey Stephen Steven Diener hosted the Unidentified Alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the Unidentified Alien podcast or UAP for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also
0: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this
5: is Chris Jenner,
0: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
4: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Time reduction. And, and that report showcased a range of solutions and and strategies that were proven and that were based on data and research to... to improve community policing and and collect better data and reporting and and identify and and do something about implicit bias and how police were trained and and reforms to use the the force that police uh, deploy uh, in ways that uh, increase safety rather than precipitate tragedy. And that report demonstrated something that's critical for us today. Most of the reforms that are needed to prevent the type of violence and injustices that we've seen take place at the local level, now reform has to take place in more than 19,000 American municipalities, more than 18,000 local enforcement jurisdictions. And so, as activists and everyday citizens raise their voices, we need to be clear about where change is going to happen and how we can bring about that change. It is mayors and county executives that appoint most police chiefs and negotiate collective bargaining agreements with police.
3: Thank you. That determines police practice. We gotta go. You gotta get local. Yeah, listen, you can stream, you can go to uh, YouTube. It's streaming everywhere online because they're gonna be talking, I think for an hour. All right, we'll be right back. talk uh, everything entertainment listen you can join the town hall with president obama right now if you go to obama.org tmz is streaming it i mean just about you can anything, find on youtube youtube everywhere but the, he's got a panel discussion going on but i i i'm glad we got the beginning of his opening remarks it was just nice to hear his voice um okay well someone um also i think it was kind of fun um I, I don't know, maybe Stephanie, you might even have tweeted this. Cause I have to say you've you were like really I was I didn't get over to thirty eighth and mm-hmm. uh Chicago afterwards. I mean, I just kind of was like I just felt I was just gonna be in the way and I also had to get ready for the show sure. and, Um, everything like that. But when you were over there and taking pictures and stuff, I kind of was calling the you guys that were doing it like citizen journalists. You yeah, know?
1: it was kind of um, like that. We wanted to see...
3: For yourself.
1: Well, and I yeah. live right by the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I'm between Selby Dale and Grand Avenue. So, you know, Midway Burned, that mm-hmm. was the first uh, piece. And... Then the next night there was more burning and looting. And um, so we wanted to get out there and see with your own eyes. Yeah. And we knew a lot of the restaurant tours and restaurant owners along that stretch. So Kurt and I got on his scooter and he drove the scooter and I did the, uh, the filming Mm -hmm. and It was both, it was so sad, so moving, so senseless, so... Did
3: it seem surreal at first? Because that's when I looked at your first picture, I was like, this looks like Beirut. It felt, (sighs) yes. And that's Holly's, you know, she's right in the neighborhood. Yeah, (laughs) and it was
1: scary feeling the just acrid uh, feeling in my throat trying to breathe that air. Holly, I was thinking about all the people that live there for just days, the smell of smoke in the air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And just also seeing like there was all the folks cleaning up and there were people boarding up their businesses and like people helping other people board up their businesses and going knowing some of these business owners and going and talking to them while they were boarding up. It was just like what I where what country are we in what land are we in mm-hmm. how is this happening. Mm-hmm. And at the same time there was some hope that we yeah. found in in the midst of it and it was just I wanted to I I honestly I thought about my grandkids. I thought about you know that you don't even have. I don't. <laughs> I have a 21 year old daughter and I thought about like you hear people that were involved in the civil rights movement and you hear them talk about the what that was like. And when they celebrated the anniversary of crossing um, the bridge in Selma. Mm-hmm. And I thought about like, this is this moment for my generation. I want to be able to tell my grandkids that we were here and this happened in Minneapolis in mm-hmm. Minnesota. And we started this change. Mm-hmm. So that's why we went.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you glad you did. Cause I, I did not get over there and, um, And then I was like, oh, look at all these people I know. And they're sharing and they're posting. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there were things, you know, that both papers were doing and the news thing. But, I mean, just the fact that I knew that someone was there, I felt like I was along with you on on the back of your scooter. And I I think it was, and I also feel like you shared this on Sunday, even though um, maybe, maybe you weren't there, the um, food bank drive that ended up happening at Sanborn middle school. Yes.
1: Where they were asking for 85 bags of groceries.
3: Yes. So, and I think that you had alerted us to that. Well, I caught the, uh, producer's eye over at the today show and the principal of Sanborn middle school, Amy Nelson had a five minute chat with Hoda and, um, You know, uh, Hoda is she's always so good with these like personal Mm -hmm. stories, but it was kind of exciting, you know, because the Sheridan story gets mentioned. We just we don't really are not going to play the interview with going back and forth between Amy and Hoda, but just more about how this food drive and what happened. And here we go.
5: Last week, rioters not only set fire to the police precinct where the officer charged in Floyd's death was stationed. They also destroyed a number of grocery stores in the neighborhood, leaving many students and their families stuck without access to food. Sanford Middle School is a short drive away from the third precinct. Nearly 200 of their 970 students live within three blocks of the police station. Reports suggest 60% of them are eligible for free or reduced lunches.
1: Can you back in?
5: Sanford's principal says the community jumped into action organizing a food drive.
1: You know, it started with one of our, our former parents here at Sanford who said, hey, listen, let's work to get kids who live in this area some support. And so an email went out, it went viral, and it got put on social media.
5: The ask was to bring 85 meal kits to the school parking lot. Instead, what they never imagined, 30,000 meal kits arrived to help. The school loading docks filled up quickly and the donations kept rolling in. 18 semi-trucks worth of goods.
1: It's amazing. This is Minneapolis strong for sure and people coming together to
3: help their community. We're so grateful.
5: Principal Nelson asked a local organization, the Sheridan Story, to help distribute the extra food to families who need it most.
1: We called him in a panic and said, can you help us? You guys do food and we do middle school. And so he's here with his crew his trucks.
2: This is what Minnesota and Minneapolis is about, is taking care of each other, serving each other, making sure the kids especially have the food they need.
3: And Dolly, you and Colleen and Bradley raised money for the Sheridan story. Yeah,
2: back during Project Down and Dirty, the restaurant years ago you know and i think the voice that we just heard was rob williams the executive Mm -hmm. director of the sheridan story who was on the colleen and bradley show earlier this week so Mm -hmm. the fact that they're getting national attention for this they do such wonderful work at the sheridan story uh working to solve our problems of food insecurities uh, for our young people you know
1: what's amazing about this story a the community obviously stepping in and and doing their part but a lot. This is so organic. When yes. they were like, "We're just teachers. Like, right. we don't know how to run a food drive." And now there's an entire hotel that is being run by volunteers for the homeless people that were in that neighborhood. That's housing 200
2: people. Yeah, right. that's the Sheraton Hotel. Yeah, yeah they're using them. It's mm-hmm. it's just
1: people that are trying to do the right thing and do good. That they're not trained in this. They're not from social service agencies. Right. They're just people. Right. That to me has been so amazing. And like, I have a friend that has ice company and there was all this food in the 80 degree day. Right. Right. That was just all over the lawn and they're trying to figure out how do we get this to where it needs to go. So two 24 foot semis pull up and they filled them up and then they loaves and fishes gets involved because they are involved in learning how to feed massive Mm -hmm. groups of people. Like just the goodness and the organic nature of what can happen if people just show up and try. You yeah. know,
2: and I think to your point, Stephanie, it's that looking at your own skill set and looking at the things that you're good at. And there are so many different needs that need to be met and finding oh, just just a way that you can bring yourself to the table, so yeah. to
3: speak. And it, I know like Casey, when he was going, he goes, well, where am I going to drop off food today? And I said, I feel like Lake Street right now is good, you know, that they have really It's a lot. been very overwhelming and they're trying to sort what they have. Right. And I knew that the Zakat Foundation, a Muslim organization from Chicago, had delivered just a ton of yep. su- so uh the Bethlehem Lutheran Church in the Midway, you know they started a midway relief to help support uh the neighbors and they had look at the Facebook page and then they had a list of what to, what to buy and then when Casey got there, I think it's on fry in university and the he said it was they already had such a great system set up and he's like, you know do you need drivers do you need any volunteers?" And they said, you know, really what we need are donations, yeah, people need cash. Well, or go and buy it for this because this is a church food bank and they're in the community asking people if you need any of the following household, food, baby or hygiene items, you know, um, because there's nowhere to spend the cash. I would say there's nowhere to spend the cash
1: that you don't realize or maybe you don't realize, but I'm going to tell you. In these areas, there are no grocery stores now. The Walgreens are gone. The CVSs are gone. The grocery stores are gone. For some people in that area of Lake Street at 38th and and Lake, they're having to drive like 20 miles to get groceries. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who relies on public transportation or you're a senior citizen and we're in the COVID times, you know, that's not something that you're going to be able to do.
3: Yeah, these these. Food banks that have popped up and, you know, churches are always so great at doing that anyway. And many of them work with, you know, Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and Lund's and Kowalski's on a regular basis, you know, that they donate every day. Yep too but the in the increased need and and the guy and just, just getting
1: a prescription like i can't just get a prescription near my house no
3: i know i gotta drive yeah it's 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 really and they were asking for drivers but casey said that they told him no we're good we've got drivers because they have a They were driving people to places. They said, no, we've got volunteers.
1: If you follow Stephanie March. If you want to come back on Friday
3: with another truck full of stuff, you can do that. That's Stephanie
1: March. I'm at Stephanie's Dish on Twitter. mm -hmm. And we are retweeting all of the food needs, all of the asks. Okay, thank you. So it's a good place to keep your eye out each day if you're looking to volunteer.
3: Yeah. All right, good. All right, listen, um, when we come back, I think we have to do a little Hollywood speak, Oh, please. All right, we'll be right back.
5: So, what are you trying to say?
3: Hollywood! Hollywood speaking!
0: What is the meaning of this?
3: It's only because, you know, we know this happened, you know, when Donnie was abruptly let go like you know he I remember he told Julia and I way long ago you know one day you'll just be called down to the big guy at the big gal's office and they'll say that was your last show yeah. yesterday. He said that's so. how most of us leave the business. That's my radio partner mm. when I, Meredith. Like, yes. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, but there were, you know, uh, I mean, we were like, I, I missed Donnie so much. I, he texted me the other day and I said, you got out just in time, it!" And he's so happy. He, he was ready. Happy. Yeah. He was in the business for 40 years. He was ready. I'm not going to say that he'd had enough of us, but I know he had enough (laughs) of one of us. (laughs) I'll just say that since my little partner in crime isn't here. But anyway, he is happy. But there was a lot of speculation when Donnie left. I mean, Neil Justin wrote about it in the Star Tribune. I mean, anyone who's been a long time in the media, the gal from WCCO that got let go on vacation. Kim Johnson. Yes. So, you know, it's it's. So anyway, I see Mark Wheat, original voice at The Current, announces abrupt departure. You know, his last day was last Friday.
1: Yeah, that is abrupt. But also a lot of these people, because of the media environment has been so impacted financially by COVID, a lot of these people have taken buyouts. So whether this was that
3: case or not, we don't know. What do you think? Okay, here's what he said. Okay, Uh, he did. He writes, uh he writes, and I just think of him as the current because I feel like he was the original voice. Yeah.
1: And the voice of that show and then the the English,
3: right? Don't you think that, Holly? Oh yeah. Well, I mean he's started with them from day one. I mean, it will be like, you know, when Julie and I end our little program here. I mean, we it'll be 18 years next week. Okay, that
1: just is amazing too. Like that you've been I remember when you guys oh. the whole beginning of the show, and mm-hmm. you were like, "Well, we got a show, but we we're on in the afternoons." I mean, that I mean, was <laughs> Julia, not I me. Was like, you mean <laughs> afternoon drive? That I was Julia, radio. not me. One of the most profitable day parts.
3: No, that was Julia. That was not me. You guys were hilarious. Uh, yeah, so we have been on for eighteen years. So when our thing ends. There will be, I certainly hope, some news stories. Or cake. Or cake. Or, you know, maybe maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones. But I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. He writes, um, you know, he's a founding architect. Um, I'm proud of what we've achieved. We have an amazing team of people who are going to blow me away. But it'll have to be without me. I'm not good at goodbyes. Thanks to my regular listeners. It was marvelous to leave after a big Member drive and uh, that's it. To take the blunt, he, and he said, "I'm taking the plunge and following my dreams." So, so does that say buyout? I think so. Yeah, I think Holly?
2: so. It, it speaks of nothing of controversy.
3: Yes. That's exactly it. Nothing of controversy.
1: We're gonna see more of that too. There's another couple coming that I think I know about.
3: Really? Mm -hmm. Do spill that. I can't. I can't.
1: I was sworn to secrecy, but some kind of more TV folks might be
3: on the Well, wouldn't you think though that TV would be fine with the political money that's gonna be coming in? The ad revenue? That's Uh, you know.
1: Yeah, I think there will be some ad revenue that comes. It'll be a question of whether whether Minnesota is a contested market or not, all of this situation that we're happening now may be increasing that. I'm not sure. The other, like, if you think about the impacts of this situation with George Floyd, not only just from a criminal justice and, and justice reform aspect, but you think about it from a business standpoint, uh, there was a great article that was written talking about the sports organizations and how you, You know, what does this make you think about Minnesota Mm -hmm. when you're recruiting talent, when you're recruiting people to come here? We are now hearing about this underbelly of the Minnesota nice is really land of Minnesota racist microaggressions. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean to the business community that's trying to recruit people to work here? Right. These implications could be much larger. Yeah from, like, will we get another Super Bowl? No.
3: Will there be another? No, there doesn't need to be a Super Bowl here for many, many years, as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. Giving...
1: <laughs> I'm sure the uh, Chamber of hot Commerce take. might.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had such strong feelings. Well, you get so much crap being a winter state, and people don't want to go to a winter state. Oh, they can it was only so take fun. In... It was for fun for us, but for the... For the rich people who go to these types of things, they want to go someplace warm. I mean, you can't fight it. It was so fun, It was, but we just, you know, eh, eh, no. Okay. it's You get too much crap. No, forget the Super Bowl, the Winter Super Bowls. Let's just, you know. Let's just be done with that. Anyway, I bet people feel bad about all the yelling they did to Colin Kaepernick about his taking me and just protesting, which was what he was protesting was the killing of black people. Remember how much crap he got? All these people clutching their... Pearls and their flags to their chest, and <laughs> he, he just took pretty much knee. lost
1: his livelihood.
3: Yes, and he took a knee for and he lost his career because he was black
1: and yeah, took a knee.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just so don't even get me going. All right, how about this? I think you're already going, just for the record. Um, Fox News host Sean Hannity Oh, wife speaking of, have, I know it, have, <laughs> wow. have divorced after more than 20 years of marriage, so they were married in 1993, they have two children. Here's a, what I want you to Hollywood speak. Friends of the former couple. This is the first time they've ever officially said that they okay. were divorced. Friends of the former couple said that they've been legally divorced for more than a year and separated, quote unquote, many years prior um, to that, but kept it under wraps. Okay, I'm
1: terrible at Hollywood
3: speaking, okay, but I Holly, think there's you know a, a girlfriend Hollywood?
1: involved. Okay. I think there's
3: got to be a lady friend involved. You are terrible. Holly, I'm going to just move oh, on. Please. Oh, yes. no. Yeah. The okay. Hollywood speak The Hollywood speak about it not being public until yeah, right
2: now? Right. I mean. Not on brand. Here, Yeah. Here's, here, here's the Hollywood speak, and I'm going to say it diplomatically. I'm just saying that there might be a little bit of drama behind the scenes in the relationship. Well, maybe, maybe that she wanted to, to to leave Sean Hannity.
3: Apparently he, years ago, credited her with his talk show host success. Uh-huh. But in their official statement, it says they're, of course, committed to, you know, raising their children together. Right. uncoupling. Right. Um, and amical agreements were entered into over four years ago between Sean and Jill. Here's what I'm going to say. She got sick of his BS over at Fox <laughs> and he brought it home even though he was on our show once like I want to say 14 years ago when KSTP or AM 1500 he was in the building huh. I ran out. I had a very cute outfit on I had lace up uh, teal espadrilles from Nordstrom on and a great God, skirt did you
1: remember <laughs> all this is just bizarre
3: because it was Sean Hannity he was in the building and this was like 14 years ago and I... Ran out, I introduced myself to him, he looked me up and down, and he said, yes, he would be on our program. Julia was gone, because she would have had a fit, she wouldn't have liked it. Bush was in office, and I thought, you know, that we were going to have, like, I didn't know what, I just, my heart was pounding, I thought, what am I doing? And he was so genial, and friendly, and um, just kind of charming. Sure. Sure. And the minute the mic turned on, Sean Hannity came out. And it was the first time I realized, because we hadn't been on the air then that long, and he was certainly like, I mean, we'd had Donny Osmond in studio, so that was never going to be... You know, like, that was, like, nerves, and we yep. thought we were going to faint. You peaked early. <laughs> <And> you peaked <laughs> early with that one. But I... It was the first time I realized, oh, people have sticks.
1: Yeah, like, people... I play characters. That's they, 100%. Yeah. And the only people that don't, because I've been in radio a long time, is this station. Yeah. People do don't like here people when you meet them they're like oh you're just like you are on the radio it's like uh yeah because yep. this is really how I am yeah but Rush Limbaugh has a shtick Stick. Howard Stern has a shtick the really successful folks they do they have a shtick and he
3: totally went on and he just started blabbing about the Iraq war and Bush and just firing it in the way he was talking and I was just I was and I did get in a few points and Donnie did make me a CD of it but I was just like oh People really do. Yeah. And then as soon as it's over, it's it's back to the other guy. So I bet she got sick of that. This
0: holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
5: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More. Save $1 each sale.